This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Jim Harbaugh is making the jump to the NFL. Can he unlock Justin Herbert and the Chargers? The 49ers are set to play in the NFC Championship game, but the discourse around the quarterback has gotten absolutely out of control. And who would have predicted Doc Rivers would be coaching Milwaukee this soon? Oh yeah, that's right. I did. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Jim Harbaugh brought a national title to his alma mater. Now he's bringing the band back to the NFL, checking back into the Hotel California. First, it was the 49ers. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers' next head coach will be Jim Harbaugh. David Drogemeyer from Locked On Chargers joins, joins me now. And, and David, this was the guy that, that you wanted. Why was this the right choice for the Chargers? Because the Chargers needed someone who had real cachet, someone who had a track record of success, not only success, but a track record of being able to completely change cultures and turn losers into winners. Quite frankly, that's what Jim Harbaugh has done every single place that he's been. If, if, if it's not USD, it's Stanford, it's the 49ers, it's the University of Michigan where he just won a national championship, all of those organizations were not very good football teams before he got there when he got there he turned them around quickly and turned them into perennial winners and that is what the chargers desperately needed and this was a team where the talent seems to be there they, they had coaches brandon staley chief among them most recently who it didn't seem like they were maximizing the talent that was there and the fit with justin herbert is going to be the thing that people talk about First, Jim Harbaugh, a former NFL quarterback himself, but isn't the, you know, the young hotshot guru play caller. Uh, what do you think of that fit there? I think it's perfect. I mean, I think you, if you look at the, what he has done with the quarterbacks he's had at his disposal, he's always been able to create and cultivate a system that really is meant for that specific quarterback. He has done it with Colin Kaepernick. He did it with Alex Smith. He did it with JJ McCarthy at, at Michigan. He's able to put the right type of pieces around the quarterback and put him in the right system to really get the most out of him. And I think we all have been able to see Justin Herbert's incredible talent. But what we have not seen is the best version of Justin Herbert. And I think that is yet to come. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be a big part of pulling that out and really being able to get the wins that are going to be necessary for the league to recognize Justin Herbert's greatness. You mentioned the success that, that Jim Harbaugh has had everywhere he's been. And, and, and that is undeniably true. But 
he's been in the college game now for, I know it seems like he, he just was coaching for the 49ers, but it's been almost a decade yeah. in, in the college game. What is your concern level of an adjustment period of getting back? And if he brings some of guys like Jesse Minter, his defensive coordinator at Michigan, that, that this could be a, a readjustment period for these guys. I don't think there's going to be much of a readjustment period. And the reason why is because the calling card that Jim Harbaugh brings to the table everywhere he goes is physicality, toughness, and a running game that is relentless. It, that's been at every single stop. And, and I think that translates no matter what level of football that you're playing at. And so I think that's something that's been lacking, quite frankly, from the Chargers organization for a long, long time. Since the, the early 2000s, I think they've been more of a soft football team. I think Jim Harbaugh brings that toughness right away. He brings that that culture changing physicality that the Chargers desperately need. The the whole concept of chargering goes away now when you have a head coach that has the ability to completely change your culture. So you you change your culture, you change your coach, you're probably going to change some schematic things about uh what what you're trying to accomplish philosophically. How does this team have to change to get where they have to, they want to get to from a personnel standpoint, where, where are the places where they could add aside from maybe, you know, running back like Blake Corum coming from Michigan, maybe with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think that's the obvious one. Austin Eckler is a free agent. He's going to be gone. He's going to be going to a new team in the off season. And really there's only run, one running back on this roster that's under contract next season. And that's Isaiah Spiller. And he didn't really get much playing time. So I expect that room to look completely different. I would not be surprised if they look at a tight end, you know, maybe early on in the draft. Uh, Brock Bowers obviously is a very attractive option there. Uh, I think they, they need to grab a corner. I think they need to get a center. Uh, I think they need to get more physical up front. Uh, I think that part of that running game and why it was so ineffective is that uh, offensive line just did not open up much holes. And when you have a Jim Harbaugh football team, the expectation is that you have guys that are going to run the defenders over. And so I think that's going to be a big part of it is really building from the spine of this football team, making them more tough, making them more physical and making them a lot more prepared to go out there and grind out and grind out games and grind out wins. Stay up to date all year on the Los Angeles Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chargers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the 49ers. They are sick of hearing the excuses about Brock Purdy. Before we get to that, Michigan's replacement may be coming from inside the house. The NFL playoffs rage on, and now is the perfect time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunity to increase your payout. Or you can get 10 to 1 odds on a fun prop right now. FanDuel has 10 to 1 on anyone scoring a 75-yard touchdown in any game this Sunday. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlay is a great way to enjoy watching sports. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I got to run and quick. Go place that bet. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Michigan won't be searching far to find their replacement for Jim Harbaugh. Sharon Moore is considered the favorite to replace Harbaugh, according to reports on Wednesday. Remember, Moore filled in for Harbaugh during a four-game stretch when Harbaugh was suspended, including the final three games of the regular season. That stretch included a 24-15 road win over number 10 Penn State and a 30-24 win over rival Ohio State to clinch the Wolverines' third straight Big Ten championship appearance. Moore would be best known for his Tearfield speech after that Penn State win. Vic Fangio is out as the defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. The team announced Wednesday that they have mutually agreed to part ways with the veteran assistant after just one season. When people say it's mutual, it never is, but I guess it is this time. Fangio will now be the top target for the Philadelphia Eagles vacant defensive coordinator position, according to a report from ESPN. Fangio joined the Dolphins as the NFL's highest paid defensive coordinator last year. His defensive scheme took some time to sink in, but Miami ranks seventh in the NFL in defensive expected points added from week eight to week 18. Kevin Durant and the Suns were in big D to face Luka and the Mavs and tempers flared. This was an embarrassing loss for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, this one's embarrassing. There was after the Mavericks have lost several games this season that I have gone off on that I have yeah. said, these are bad losses. I looked at them. I blamed Jason Kidd for a lot of them. I said, hey, there has to be a change made for some of these because they lost the teams that they were more talent. They were more talented than right. This is not necessarily one of those losses. The big three for the Suns has been amazing mm -hmm. since their start to the season. They started the season not great since they've been together. Do you know that the three of them together have a 132 offensive rating? Yeah, their offense is And like 113 defensive rating, which is like still really good. It's really good in this league right now. And so those three, that team is, has been very good since they've gotten healthy and gotten together. They should be very good. They've got three freaking all-stars. And it was just Luka versus them, but... The way that this Mavericks team collapsed, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Here is another story you need to know. The San Francisco 49ers were 10-point home favorites as the number one seed in the NFC against the Green Bay Packers on Saturday night. Green Bay, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, they gave them everything they could handle but ultimately come up just a touch short. And now the San Francisco 49ers find themselves in the NFC Championship game yet again. Seven-point favorites, according to our friends at FanDuel, over the Detroit Lions. Brian Peacock from Locked On Niners joins me now. And Brian, uh, what, what version of this 49ers team can we expect to see on Sunday? Because the one we saw on Saturday, not the team we saw most of the year that just beat the brakes off everybody. What are you talking about? Never a doubt Saturday. <laughs> 49ers had the Packers right where they wanted them. Uh, yeah. Before driving down the field and, and winning that football game and then getting a nice little interception after that. Uh, the, the 49ers have to start faster. They, they can't do that against the, the Detroit Lions. And uh, what I've been telling my listeners all week is, look, um, the 49ers got out of there and some people don't like the, the term lucky or didn't deserve to win or you know snuck away with a win, stole a win. But if you play like that, again, if you're the 49ers, draft season starts a lot earlier than it should. So uh, the 49ers are, again, favorites. 
They're again at home. It looks like it's not going to be as wet out there, which is definitely going to be helpful for Brock Purdy and, um, you know, not a mutter. It turns out is Brock <laughs> Purdy. Um, but you know, he, he's got guts though. You know, he's got guts and, um, I'm fascinated to see what this looks like because two quarterbacks that nobody wants to believe in and Jared Goff and Brock Purdy are now in the NFC championship game and get to go head to head. And one of them is going to take on a superstar quarterback on the other side in the Super Bowl. So I love that angle of it with the quarterbacks. And obviously Goff's a local kid anyway. He grew up about 20 minutes north of where I'm sitting right now. So, you know, I've been rooting for him and uh, he's been, you know, he's had that, that, uh, that road Goff cloud over his head where he's not good in big games. You know, Kirk yeah. Cousins gets the same thing. Not good in big games, not good when pressured, better at home than on the road, not good on grass, only good in turf when conditions are great for him. So he has a, a real chance to knock that narrative uh, as well on Sunday. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. These are two really good teams. I think they were the two best teams in the NFC this year, counting a, a late charging Packers that were pretty good, Peter. But um yeah, this, this is a fun one. Two teams that like to bully people. Two teams that are built similarly. You got Hutchinson on one side, Bosa on the other. You got uh, Trent Williams and Penny Sewell. You got the Debos and the Amonra St. Browns. So uh, this is a fascinating one for me. I do like the 49ers in the passing game against the Detroit Lions pass defense. And I think that's where the 49ers do have a definite edge at home in this one. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a, a quarterback matchup in these two games being more different in terms of vibes, like Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson and then Brock Purdy against Jared Goff. Two very, very different matchups. What have you made of the Brock Purdy discourse that we've heard since the 49ers game? There's been, it, it seems like it has gotten so polarized, Brian, where you have this faction on one side going, he's Joe Montana. Seriously, a writer from The Athletic actually said that. And then there's this other side going, see, we told you he actually stinks. And it's, see, you know, I, it's the gray area, right? This is it's it's always more in the middle. But are you surprised that this is what people are talking about coming out of the game? It's what's strange to me is that people would change their opinion on any of it. There's there's he's been the same guy the whole time, and he's never been the elite quarterback. Now you can put up elite numbers and not be an elite quarterback. I used on Locked On Forty Nine ers the you've seen that a lot. Yeah, uh, you can you can be an MVP for a season and not be the best player in the league. And so I think people have some some trouble with that. Um, you can uh, a, a left handed hitter can hit two balls into McCovey Cove. That doesn't make him Barry Bonds because he had a hot game or even a hot season. Right. It, like that's what can happen. Uh, but Brock Purdy does have some superpowers and he is, I think, elite level with processing, getting the ball out, anticipation. He is that good from the neck up. And now he was, there was a reason he was a seventh-round pick. And when you start adding, if he's a baseline arm talent guy, he's not the biggest guy, he's not the tallest guy, he's a baseline physical player, and then you add conditions that take him below that line, do you start to run some problems? And maybe that's sort of what we see, and that's why you prefer, especially if you play in Buffalo, you want 6'5", 240, with a cannon yeah. arm that can throw through a hailstorm, right? And I know that guy. And yeah, in California, you might need that less, but he's so tough and he knows where to go with the football for being in his first full season as a starter to have Kyle Shanahan's offense down cold the way he does, the way he can deliver darts around the field with timing, with anticipation is a pretty special trait. And I think it's just harder for people and viewers to watch that and see that in highlights and believe in that. And that's why it's so 
the discourse with Brock Purdy is all over the place. And you said it, we, we live everywhere in the gray area with nuance, with context, but nobody wants to be there. Everyone wants to be on the, on the outside of it. He's great. He's terrible. It's only the, the weapons. And the thing I always bring up, it's like, okay, you want to say it's all Kyle Shanahan's offense. And that's why Brock Purdy is playing great. Well, how come nobody says that about Christian McCaffrey when, when Shanahan offense is going back, not only uh, in San Francisco, but, Steve Slayton's and Alfred Morris's of the world and going back to his dad 30 years, how come Christian McCaffrey's not getting any help from Kyle Shanahan? Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. It's not Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's getting all the help, but Christian McCaffrey is doing it all by himself. How come he doesn't get that same treatment from getting help and being better because of being in a Kyle Shanahan offense? Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, nobody saw this Doc Rivers to the Bucks story happening. Except me. The Milwaukee Bucks moved on from Adrian Griffin and hired Doc Rivers less than 24 hours after the firing was announced. I actually predicted this earlier in the season as I explained to Locked On Bucks host Camille Davis. When you become a fan of sports, one of the greatest thrills outside of seeing your team win it all happens to be making a prediction and actually seeing it coming into fruition. So joining me is Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. So back in November, Peter had a tweet. I'm going to put this up on the screen for those watching on the YouTube version. And the tweet said, I still think there's a non-zero chance Doc Rivers is the coach of the Bucks by Valentine's Day. This tweet was sent on November 30th, 2023. November 30th. Keep in mind, the Bucks were 13 and six at that point. What made you feel like this was something that could happen at this point in the season? You know, this was one of those things that obviously we just like to have fun on Twitter, right? That's part of, yeah. that's part of the deal. But as much as that was kind of tongue in cheek, half joking, I did feel like there was a real possibility. Again, I said non-zero. So it's not like I can't take that big a victory lap, but <laughs> it did seem like there was something wrong. Very early, you got the idea that like there's something wrong here and they don't have really have time to to waste. Like they have to get this figured out and you get a new ownership group in. I think that's been a little underplayed in all of this that like you bring in Jimmy Haslam, that changes the stakes. I know Jimmy Haslam from the football side in Cleveland. Like he was always willing to take big swings, always willing to pay the money. Not every owner is willing to do that. And I, I like the Doc Rivers part of it, I think was just uh, me trying to put some pieces together of it. There was the report last summer. I don't know if you remember this Camille, but there was a report after the, the, the bucks fired Mike Budenholzer. Mm -hmm. They had some candidates out there. Nick nurse was on that list. And then there was a dark horse candidate that was not named. And it was a guy that was in the postseason. Well, if you do the math, like they're not, it's not gonna be Spolstra. It's not gonna be Steve Kerr. It's not gonna be Mike Malone. It's probably not gonna be Darvin ham. The only guy it could have been was doc rivers. And then once you get Adrian Griffin, you go into the season. And if you're going to fire Adrian Griffin in the middle of the season, it has to be for someone who can put the rings on the table, who can command that room. And so I was just sort of like, if they're going to do it, it has to be for Doc Rivers. And, you know, I, if you look at the timestamp, I probably had a whiskey or two. And I just <laughs> like fired off a tweet. Like, I, I'm sure I just got done watching them do something silly and felt like, look, if this is going to happen, this is how it's going to go down. And to your point, like, it's, it's pretty funny that, I, by the way, I don't know if you remember this. I, I mean, I got cooked. Absolutely. Oh, I saw, 
hooked for that. I it was thought. sort of like a throwaway kind of half joke. And people were like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't speak that evil upon us, Ricky Bobby. We're the vibes. I saw in all the quote tweets there. And finally, the Portland Trailblazers are filing a protest with the NBA to challenge the result of the 111-109 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday night. The Blazers are contending that Coach Chauncey Billups, with a 109-108 lead, was clearly calling a timeout on the sideline before a referee whistled a double dribble on guard Malcolm Brogdon with 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. In response, Billups reacted angrily to what he believed was a failure to honor his timeout request. He was assessed two technical fouls, including a second after marching onto the floor to argue, and ejected in the final seconds of the game. Also, the free throws end up being the final margin. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, we'll get you set for championship weekend in the NFL playoffs. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.